On Monday, October 1st, I gave a talk to the University and College Designers Association at their 2018 design conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So here's the audio to that. I hope you enjoy it. This session, Fumbling Through Life with a Big Stupid Grin, is presented by Tim Kangberg, who's the owner tattooer at Art Machine Productions. Welcome, Tim. Okay, so I'm from Philly, so I'm going to try to slow myself down a little bit and try to curb some of the swearing. So about 10,000 years ago, we had to worry a lot about a lot of dangers. So when I lived in caves or huts or little hunter-gatherer groups, and every time we'd go out, we'd have to worry about you know, getting attacked by you know, a rival, rival tribe or saber-toothed tigers, or hyenodons and dog bears, and all these things that are actually real. Part of the evolutionary process with developing survival tactics for this was for us to look for danger. So everywhere we go, we were constantly looking for danger, trying to find things that you know, would basically put our lives at risk. And this was every day. So our ancient ancestors, every single day, worried about dying. Now, not much has changed genetically and evolutionary with people since then, but our society and what we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is drastically different. Most of us don't have to worry about dying every time we walk out the front door. I mean, you know, unless you live in certain places, but for the most part, we don't have to worry about that. But our minds, still, they still look for danger. They're still always trying to find what is it that's going to screw up our day? What is it that's going to cause us problems? And how do we avoid that? So even though we're not facing real danger to life and limb, our brains are still looking for it in everything we do. Now the way we identify a lot of that and how we kind of label it today is we label those things as being fear or anxiety. We're just worried, just worried people. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, it is anxiety and it is fear. So when you're looking for negative things and trying to find danger, you're really finding things you're scared of. I mean, because for the most part, even, even a situation that we see is like, oh, this very bad outcome could happen. You know, whether it's a job interview or a conversation you have to have with somebody that you really don't want to have. A lot of the things we see as being the worst outcome, still really not that bad. You're probably not going to die. And it's a lot better than what our ancestors had. But either way, these are still real feelings and still your brain saying, this is dangerous. You've got to watch out for this. So we look at these natural instincts as being negative. It's natural, though. You're going you're gonna to feel that way. You're going to Anytime you're faced with a difficult situation, you're gonna to try to find out how could it possibly go bad. So you wanna be prepared for when it goes bad. I think the real problem comes in when you're finding the possible bad outcomes in a situation and then you're just dwelling in them. And you start seeing this as the only possible way. The worst outcome is gonna be the outcome because I keep seeing it and you run over a thousand different ways that this could go in your head and every single one of them is terrible. The truth is, most of the time we don't get the worst outcome. 
I mean, most of the time we don't get the best outcome either. But, you know, it's going to fall somewhere in the middle the majority of the time. So either way, if you're looking at the worst possible outcomes, you're not going to get the worst. You're going to get something that's really not as bad as it could be. And I think, of course, on the opposite side of what we identify as negativity, finding problems, finding the, the bad outcomes of those problems would be positivity which is finding the good outcomes. And I think a lot of people misidentify what being positive is about when they see people that are just happy and bubbly and, you know, oh, everything is great and they're always smiling when that's kind of not true. You know, everything's not great. And I think to say that, you know, we're not going to encounter problems or to say that, you know, everything is fantastic is just lying to yourself. You're waiting to be let down if you think everything in life is going to be great. You're going to encounter problems. You're going to encounter loss. Loved ones are going to die. You know, you're going to wreck your car. You're going to get sick, and you're going to die eventually. And that's just the facts of life. There's nothing you can do to avoid that. So I think a lot of people look at those things, and they're like, well, these are bad. These are inherently bad. That's just life. I mean, it happens to everybody. It's not bad. It's not bad or good. It's just life. You know, when people misidentify the things that happen to us as being good or bad. They're neutral. The things in life, they, don't, they really don't care who you are or what you do. Life's just going to happen the way it happens, and there's not a lot you can do about it. The truth is you don't have a lot of control over it. This is where, like I said, the people think that positivity is this, you know, overly happy, bubbly personality, but it's really not. I mean, because if you look at negativity as being seeking out the worst possible outcomes, and then you look at positivity as seeking out the best possible outcomes, and knowing that you're going to get something in the middle, I mean, positivity is just not focusing on the worst outcomes. It's acknowledging that they're there. Because like I said, life isn't fantastic and it's not all roses all the time. Sometimes things really suck and they're hard. But the important thing is you gotta know that the worst outcome is probably not what's gonna happen. You have to see that there is a good outcome. You have to see that there's gonna be the be there are the best possible outcomes to everything, but you're probably not gonna achieve that. But as long as you're working towards achieving something positive in any given situation, looking for the good outcomes, then you're being positive. Like a lot of people think that you shouldn't, don't pay attention to those bad things. That's not gonna happen. You shouldn't look at that. Oh, everything's gonna be fine. It's like, no, things might not be fine. And it's okay. You're not being negative by acknowledging that things might be terrible. I mean, you know, if you have a loved one that develops cancer and their prognosis is that they are going to die. And there's nothing you can do to stop that. There's nothing they can do to stop that. Treatment at that point is only going to alleviate the suffering before the inevitable death. That's, a, that's just a bad situation. That situation sucks. There's nothing good about it. We can't ignore that this is how 
life unfolds for many people and nothing you can do is necessarily going to stop it. But what we can do is we can take a situation like that and instead of focusing on the fact that we're losing a loved one, we can focus on the fact that we've had the time we've had with them. That doesn't make it feel better. Being positive about something doesn't always feel good either. But the acknowledgement of the time you spent and what it was to have that person in your life, that's the best way you can look at a terrible situation. And that's really what we have to do because like I said, we're not always gonna get the best outcome. And in some situations, there isn't a good outcome. So what you do in those situations is you take the best of the worst outcomes. You take all these bad outcomes, then you pick, well, this one's not as bad as the other ones. And you kind of shoot for that. I mean, really positivity is just problem solving. It's not about, it's not about like jumping around and dancing every day because things are great. It's about problem solving and understanding that our lives are just a series of problems that are going to continue to unfold in front of us. It's one after another. I remember at one point I was talking to my dad. I might have been 31, 32, and I was going through a divorce, and I had just opened a business. So it was my first time dealing with this, and I'm dealing with this divorce, but everything else in my life was going really well. The business is doing well. I might be going through a divorce, but you know, I, I had met my current wife at the time we were dating. She was great. I had three beautiful children. But for some reason, I couldn't see the positive in any of that. A lot of times, we can't get beyond the negative that we see, the bad outcomes that we see. been a lot of times in my life that I can't, haven't been able to move past those outcomes and I'd be stuck in this place. Now I, now I'm diagnosed with clinical depression and anxiety disorder, panic disorder, ADD, I have manic episodes, I'm a recovering alcoholic and these, all of these things still affect me on a daily basis. You know, some days, a lot of days, I kind of just want to give up and throw in the towel and quit on everything. Just like go sit in a bar somewhere. Because life isn't easy. And even when you're seeking out the good outcomes, some days aren't like that. Some days you have problems with it. And that's okay because we all struggle with things. And when we have those struggles, it's just important that we don't give up. Positivity isn't going to stay with you all the time. You're not going to learn techniques to stay positive and keep a good mindset, and then that's it. You're good now. You got it. You're fine. You'll be good forever. Because we all have a baseline of how we behave. Humanity itself has a baseline. Like I said, the seeking out danger and finding, finding what's going to be dangerous to us and finding the bad outcomes. This is baseline for humans. If we don't constantly work at these things, we're always going to return to our baseline. And I think it's, it's like that with anything. You know that you have to continue to practice things to get good at them. 
So even when you first start learning some techniques, like, well, I'm going to you know, think good and I'm going to map out my day about the good things that are going to happen today. And that might be good for a week or two weeks and then you, know, you wake up and stub your toe and then you're like, ah, fuck today. <laughs> and everything, everything goes to hell. I think we've all had those days, too, where no matter how good things are, how, how good we, we, we should be feeling about things, they don't feel good to us. You know, whether it's something like stubbing your toe when you get out of bed or, you know, whether you did wreck your car, whether you did lose a loved one. A lot of times when I have to reset my own mindset because I get... You know, between all my diagnoses and all the things that I have to deal with on a daily basis, it's real easy for me to get sucked back into being negative. It's, I'm like a grumpy old man. I, I, I was a grumpy old man when I was like 20, but I'm still a grumpy old man now. And it's real hard for me sometimes because some days I, I can't get it together and I can't pull my mindset back to that place where I understand that I have it good. I always have to try to put, my, put it into perspective for myself. I always have to put it in their perspective and think about other people, think about where they're at. Think about the people that have more than me that are miserable and the people that have less than me that are, that are happy. When you think of somebody like Viktor Frankl, Viktor Frankl was in concentration camps for years. He became a psychologist afterwards. Or was he before? I forget. I don't know. My story's probably all mixed up because I really suck at that kind of stuff. But I understand the, the, the meat and potatoes of it. Viktor Frankl was in concentration camps, which is enough to break anybody's spirit and make you think that absolutely nothing is worth it and that humanity is the devil. He came out and did so much good in his life for so many people. because he was still able through all of that to see good. So when I look at somebody like that, I'm like, I don't know if I could survive that. I don't know if I could keep a good mindset through those kind of horrors. And that's okay too, because I'm not gonna be, never gonna be perfect. Nobody's gonna be perfect at anything. So it's like, at the same time I try to remind myself by looking at other people and their situations. People, like I said, people with less than me that are happy, people with more than me that are not happy. Even though I try to look at those people to get perspective, at the same time, I make sure that I'm not comparing myself to them. This is an ongoing problem for a lot of people. We tend to compare ourselves to people, whether it's in our career, whether it's in our relationships, just any aspect of our life, we want to compare ourselves to other people that we believe are in, that are similar to us. Now, there's a lot of problems with that because for the most part in today's you know, social media world, we're seeing people through that lens, through this lens of our phone or the computer, and most people are only presenting the absolute best of their lives to us. And then we look at them and we think, well, why can't I have, why can't I have that kind of life? 
Now, why don't I drive a Lamborghini? I wouldn't want to drive a Lamborghini. I'd crash so fast. <laughs> I'm not a good driver. I'm like an old lady. <laughs> old man and old lady? I'm an old man and... Yeah, well, you know, be both. <laughs> But we, but we compare ourselves to other people, and, and a lot of times it's based off of this, this, you know, their best representation. It's like the highlight reel of their life, you know, and it's like, oh, I woke up like this, and it's like, you got your makeup on. You didn't wake up like that. But we still look at it, and we compare ourselves to other people. Besides seeing the highlights of their life, we look at people in their career, who we think are just, oh man, why, why aren't I doing that well? Why can't I be as good as them? It's like, well, you know, we're all different people. We have different talents. When we, we are at different points in our journey. When you see somebody's current position, you don't know anything behind it. You don't know what they did to get in those positions. You don't know how much work they put in. I mean, I know I have a really bad habit of comparing myself to other artists who I just see like they're, they're machines. They're just putting out so much work, so constantly, so consistently, and their work is consistent, and it's all the time, and they have these big followings. I'm like, why isn't that me? I mean, the, the simplest answer is because it's not me. And since you, you can compare yourself to other people in the sense that you can look at what they do and say, hmm, I wonder how they got there. And then try to dismantle that and try to take those same steps. But you can't look at them and say, I should be there too. There's this problem with comparison, what we're doing. In a sense, it is like looking at the negative because we're looking at people and taking their best stuff and then saying we're not good enough. It's negative self-talk when we're looking at other people and saying, why can't I be like them? I think a lot of us have, I know I have, a really bad habit of kind of downplaying my own abilities. I think a lot of the time we tend to think that, you know, well, if I'm going to talk about how good something I did is that I'm being conceited and it's egotistical. But I mean, you can still look at your stuff objectively. I can still look at my work objectively and say, no, I did this part well. I did this well. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can also look at it and say, I could have done this better and this is how I could have done it better. And that's not negative. These are positive ways to look at things. When you're looking at something and saying, I could have done this better by changing this part, and I'll keep that in mind for next time. Oh, that's, that's the positive way to look at something, especially if you messed up. Like, oh, I could have done. But if you're looking at it and you're saying, I could have done this better, I'm an idiot. It's a, just a way to look at things in a, in a bad light. Like I said it's, it's good to be constructive. It's good to be critical of yourself. You should be. I mean, the only way you're really going to grow as a person is to be critical of yourself. You need to examine yourself. You need to spend time really kind of digging in and seeing, like, you know, try, trying to dissect your emotions, trying to dissect your state of mind. When you're feeling things, you got to say, why am I feeling this? 
You know, if you're, if you're getting angry, why am I getting angry right now? So we gotta spend time doing those things if we wanna grow. Gotta spend time doing those things and then finding how to solve the problems we find. I mean, because anytime you're gonna do any kind of self-evaluation, you're gonna find a lot of problems, especially when you first start. When I first started doing that kind of stuff, I, it was real easy to like place blame off on other people. It's like, well, I did this. Yeah, but it was because of this, because of these people did this, so that's why I'm like that. It's like, no, it's not taking ownership of myself, not seeing the problem, not understanding how to move past it, not finding a way to improve on myself as a person. And this is really kind of what's behind having a positive mindset is seeing those problems and understanding that there's a way to improve on them. That's, that's something I do every day now. Now, years ago, I, I, didn't, I didn't work at it at all. I placed all the blame on other people for everything that happened. You know, when I had eight people out of ten quit working for me over a four-month period, I said it's all their fault because they don't know how to listen to the rules. They don't know how to behave. They're ignorant. And the truth is I was sinking my business because I didn't know how to listen and I didn't know how to problem solve and I wanted to look at all the ways that these people are, are screwing up. And yeah, everybody's got their own level of fault but I was the one screwing up. It's my business because I wouldn't listen. That's something that really took a long time to sink in for me. It took a long time for it to sink in for me to realize like, well, I'm the one that has problems that are unsolved. I'm the one that's encountering these issues and then offsetting blame onto other people I'm not listening to them. I'm not listening to their concerns. You know, here I am in a leadership position and I'm basically telling people where to stick it every time they talk to me because they should just do what I say. It wasn't until I got to that point where I was able to actually sit down, talk to my therapist without lying to him. <laughs> You know, I was going to my therapist for a year and lying about everything. <laughs> oh, I was just throwing it to him. Like, yeah, everything's great, man. <laughs> but it was, it was when I was able to sit down, be honest, start evaluating, that I was able to say, like, this is my fault. You know, I shouldn't be blaming other people. You know, if there's bad situations around me, if I'm not directly at fault for it, then maybe it's just something that was out of my control. I have to accept those things. You know, the, the idea that we can control everything in our surroundings, I mean, it's, it's, it's a complete falsehood. You, you, you can't do that. The, the only thing 
that you always have 100% control over is your mindset. That's all you can really control. There are too many factors out here and too many other people with their own, own agendas to be able to really have control over your, your external life. Like I said, you might be, if, you, if you're losing a loved one and they're, they're going through cancer treatment, that is so beyond your control. There is nothing you can do. You can only control your mindset in those situations. And being positive about situations, when you're controlling your mindset and have no control over your external life, being positive in those situations isn't about doing a, doing a little dance and smiling for the camera. It's not about that at all. It's just about accepting things how they are and understanding like, okay, this is the situation I'm in. This is the situation in, in life right now. And then trying to find the best way to react, the best way to respond to things that are happening to you. I mean, I, th I think we all want the best outcomes to everything we deal with, right? Like nobody wants like bad outcomes. You don't want that. So if we all want the good outcome, there's no reason we shouldn't be working towards that all the time. With the constant understanding that we're probably not gonna get the best, but we're not gonna get the worst. We aim for the best. We have to be, don't be hard on ourselves when we don't achieve it. Just do good, do as good as you can, and that's all right. Try to improve on that next time. We don't need to, we don't need to be perfect in anything. We're not going to be perfect in anything. And if you're, I don't know if anybody else deals with perfectionism issues. <laughs> perfectionism almost like completely shut me down with the idea that I have to do everything right. It would get so bad that I wouldn't do anything. I would think, well, I have to do this right or I'm not going to do it at all. And it's got to be the best. And I just, I wouldn't get anything done ever. <laughs> and then it would cause all kinds of self-loathing and all kinds of depression. And then it would be like, well, I'm, I'm worthless because I can't do this. And then it was like, I couldn't even try to fight off any of the, the creeping negativity that was coming at me because I was too bothered by the fact that I didn't get the best and I was somewhere over here instead. It's like, this is what I'm aiming for and this is what I'm getting even though like I could have been right here if I had just been happy with it and been okay, okay with it, you know? And I think, I mean, we all get pretty critical of ourselves. I'm, I'm hypercritical to the point where it's, it's, it's like an issue sometimes. A lot of times my wife will kind of get me back in check with that. She'll be like, you're being ridiculous. Stop comparing yourself to this guy. Like, is, does he have a business and four kids? And I'm like, no. <laughs> then of course he's going to get more done than you with his art. Like you have to work, you have to do all these other things. And, and that's, that's what I'm saying when, when it comes to, you know, I'm taking it back to the comparisons. When we do compare ourselves, like you don't know their life situation, their life might be vastly different than yours, drastically. Once in a while, we just have to be able to take the time to step back. To step back and recognize what we have accomplished. 
sometimes that may be something small, but we have to recognize our accomplishments and our achievements. It's not egotistical. It's not conceited to recognize when you've done well. I do this every single day. I have to evaluate it. And my first instinct is to want to tell myself how bad I screwed up today. You know? But again, I think about the worst possible outcome, think about the best, and understand that I didn't get the worst. So that's pretty good. I didn't die today. I always feel that that's like a good achievement. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's like my five-year plan is don't die. <laughs> but it, but that, that's, that's all it really takes is, is just to, to be able to recognize that you didn't get the worst outcome. Right. I feel like anytime you can look at things and say, well, it could have been a lot worse, then there you go. You're being positive. You've, this is why when, when something bad happens, oh, okay, so my wife and I bought a house this year and the mortgage process was insanity. Uh, we had a pre-approval but it hadn't been written out yet, but we had a verbal pre-approval from our lender. And we found a house the week of Thanksgiving on Saturday, put it in the offer Sunday. It was accepted Monday, and then Monday afternoon, our pre-approval got pulled. And there were already three more offer offers on the house. And my wife is crying, she's yelling, oh my God, well, what do we do now? I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, let's sit down and figure that out. We're not gonna get this house. I'm like, well, maybe. I mean, we might not. You know, we didn't get the three other ones we tried. Oh well. We have a place to live right now. Sometimes it's hard when you're dealing with something like that to, to understand, the, to take the time to understand you're not in as bad a position as you could be. You know, and everything ended up working out. Like somehow we found some miracle lender that was able to get our pre-approval pushed through in two days before Thanksgiving. Dude was like a miracle worker. So it ended up working out and you know, we bought our first house. We've been trying for six years to buy a house. And there's a lot of discouragement in six years of failing to buy a house. <laughs> and fall through multiple times. We've had, you know, I, I tanked my credit score at one point. I was a raging alcoholic. There were a lot of things that were, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of stumbling blocks to get to that point. And it's easy to get discouraged along those paths when we're facing something difficult. That one, I wouldn't let myself get discouraged about because I always understood if this doesn't happen, I still have a roof over my head and sometimes, and no, I hated where I lived too. I hated it, it was the worst. The house was too small and the kitchen was awkward so I ate at Taco Bell like four days a week. It was terrible. But I wasn't on the street. And I know sometimes like you say, yeah, well that, that sounds all, all well and good that you're thinking like that, but you know, your, your mortgage still fell through. I said, well, yeah, but now I know what to do to make sure it doesn't happen next time. See, that's the thing is even in the most negative situations, there's always a learning experience in it. 
when I was 22, I was dating a girl who ended up having a heroin problem. And she was living with me. And she robbed me. Stole a bunch of money from me. Stole a bunch of my like legal paperwork and stole like my childhood stuffed animal. Like it was a real crappy situation. And you would think this would be a simple one to learn, but at 22, it's not always real easy to learn. That day, I learned, don't invite heroin addicts to live with you. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a, a simple thing to know, but as a 22-year-old, I did not know that. <laughs> there was nothing good in that situation. And some, like I said, sometimes that's where you're at. You have a situation, you think, well, what am I going to do here? Everything, everything bad is going to happen here. Learn from it. Take, take a minute to examine what just happened. Let yourself be mad for a while. Let yourself be upset. So again, this is, that's another misconception about positive people, is that people think, well, if you're so positive, why are you getting so pissed off? Why are you so upset? It's like, well, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a human being, I'm going to feel that way. You're allowed to feel angry. You're allowed to feel upset. I mean, you can be furious angry. It's just, what, what do you do with your anger? What do you do with your sadness? What are you going to put into those emotions so that you can take the time to understand them? Know why you're angry. Know why you're upset. You know, most of the time, a lot of times I've talked to people where, you know, they feel somebody did them wrong. And I've been in the same position many times. Like, oh, man, I can't believe he did that to me. And it's like, well, why are you upset? Because they did that to me, and how dare they? It's like, yeah, but you know what kind of person they are. They've done that to other people. Yeah, but I didn't think they'd do it to me. It's like, well, I, I don't think you're upset with them. I think you're upset that they failed your expectations of them. See, it doesn't matter what other people do to us. It doesn't matter what happens to us. It's not anything else's fault that we feel the way we do. It's always our own fault that we feel the way we do. It's real hard to get a grasp on, especially when you're, you're dealing with something that's painful. Real hard to, to take that time to understand that this is my fault that I feel this way. Especially when you have a real, you have a real clear-cut scapegoat for it, too. It's like, I, this is the reason, this guy right here, he's the one that did it. It's like, yeah, but it's not his fault either. It's, it's yours. Well, taking the, <laughs> being able to take something that's, that's negative like that, being able to take painful situations and then turn them around and understand that, well, you know, if I had thought, you know, if I hadn't, like I said, had these expectations of something, then those expectations wouldn't be broken. And I wouldn't be angry right now, and I wouldn't be upset with people. It's a real weird thing about, about expectations. They're usually not going to get met. You know, whatever it is you're, you're thinking is going to happen, the way you think people are going to behave. Again, people have their own agendas. They have their own way of behaving for their own reasons. And we can't possibly know what fuels every single person that we come into contact with, why they do what they do. 
when people do hurtful things, we can't understand why. It's okay not to understand things. You don't have to understand. You just have to take the time to look at it and be like, well, you know, I don't know what that person's going through. And if it's somebody that hurt you, you gotta say, well, you know, I'm, maybe I'm, my expectations were a little high of that person. get cut off in traffic a lot because I drive in Philly. You know, usually my first instinct is like scream out the window, give them the finger, and if, if I can, like cut them off afterwards, like speed around them and cut them off. But that's, that's just me attributing what I, I want to feel into that situation. Like, I don't know why somebody cut me off. I mean, maybe, they, yeah, maybe they're just an awful person and they don't care. I don't know. Maybe they're in a rush. Maybe they have a legitimate reason to be in a rush. Maybe there's an emergency. We don't really know. But in a situation like that, we're attributing the way we feel into the situation because that made us mad, so therefore that person is the target of the anger but we don't really know the full situation. All we know is what just happened. And it goes like that for a lot of things in life. It's like if you take that moment to look at it from that, from that angle, because really what you're doing, if you look at, if it takes somebody cutting you off and you look at it and say, maybe they have a big emergency and like, I don't know, maybe somebody's in the hospital like maybe they have to get there. Give them the benefit of the doubt in that situation because it makes it that much easier on you. We don't have to, we don't have to act, we don't have to treat things that way or don't have to act positive for other people. It's not for other people. You know, we try to act these, this way for ourselves. When we're open to more perspectives, when we're, willing to not just immediately jump on what we think is happening in a situation, when we're willing to know that there's probably some unanswerable parts of, of the equation. I think that's one of the things that we get hung up on a lot. It's one of the things I get hung up on. You create the story. You create the story around everything that's happening to you. Most of the time when you're creating that story, you're the center of it too. We always make ourselves the center of our story. I mean, because it's ours. This is how you perceive things. It's how you experience things. You experience it through that scope of yourself. So of course your story's about you. So bad things that happen, they happen to you. Like I said, life, isn't, life doesn't discriminate against anybody. We're all gonna deal with the same losses we're all gonna get sick and die. That's okay. It's something that a lot of people don't like to hear. And you know, a lot of times like I'm trying to rationalize with people. I'm like, no, 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 I can totally be a, a nihilist and positive at the same time. But it's, it's true. It's true. The, the first step you're really gonna need to take in order to, to have a, a good mindset about things is you're gonna have to look and understand that things suck. And they're going to suck. And there's nothing you can do to stop that. Once you can accept that, then it's like, okay, well, 
if that's just a fact of life, then okay, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? And that's all any of it really is with trying to stay positive, is looking at all the situations as they unfold in front of you and just saying, where do we go from here? What's next? Just work through it. It's not easy. It's never going to be easy. Some days are easier than others. But it's hard work. It's serious work and it's lifelong work. But it's rewarding. Anybody who's spent a decent amount of time really soaking in the misery and really kind of dwelling there, which I better part of my adult life. You understand that that sucks. Now the situations, like I said, situations can suck. Like good and bad things happen all the time to everybody and you know, it doesn't discriminate. But when you're taking all the bad and you're saying, and you're, you're holding on to it. You know, we like to think about our pain the pains we experience and the, the hardships and the heartbreaks. And then we lean on them. We use them, we start using them as excuses for where we are in our life right now. Dwelling in the past is not, not going to do anything. It's over, it's done. It's kind of hard to accept sometimes when something is, especially something that caused you so much pain and just taking the time to accept it and say that it's over and I can't do anything about it. Kind of relinquishing that control and that power that it has is really difficult. A lot of times we feel like we're giving up. You know, oh, I can't give up on it. It's like, well, you're not, you're not giving up on anything. This is over. This happened already, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. You're not giving up on it. You're, you're letting it go. And the same thing goes for, for the future. We dwell in the future. You know, I deal with heavy anxiety. You know, the last week to two weeks to maybe a month before coming here, because I've never spoken in front of people before. So the last two weeks to a month, I've been having anxiety attacks almost every day. And I'm saying, oh, it's going to go terrible. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to freeze. And I'm not going to know what to say. And... It, Believe me, the, the irony of the fact that I had to come give a talk on positivity and I couldn't get off the fact that it was going to go awful, like it didn't escape me. The irony did not escape me on that. But I was dwelling on the future. I was making up a future outcome. Again, back to that whole, like, you know, our ancestral brains looking for danger. It's what we're doing when we're projecting into the future, when we're experiencing anxiety. Now, I'm not trying to like downplay, you know, anxiety disorders or depression or anything. Like I said, I, I have those things. I'm not trying to downplay that. But I, I do try to keep it in perspective that when I am going through a bout of depression, I'm focusing on, on things in my past. And that when I'm having an anxiety attack, I'm projecting into a future that I don't know. And again, like I'm not going to get the best outcome, but I'm not going to get the worst. I mean, the best outcome today would be like, you know, the room's packed. And, People throw flowers at the end, and <laughs> but I know that's unrealistic. You know, it's, I mean, it could happen. But 
But it's like I know it's not going to be the best, but it's, it's not going to be the worst either. It's just everything in our day-to-day -day lives. You know, I think that um, all in all, when you start taking time, a little bit of time, it be five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, and you start taking a little bit of that time and you say to yourself, you know, in the morning you say, what can go good today? What do I have to do? You think about what you have to do and then and say, okay, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this the best I can and this is going to happen, whatever, whatever it is. And then at the end of the day, you say, okay, what did I do today? What did I achieve? What turned out good? And then, you know, what can I improve on? If you start consistently doing that every day, within a month, you'd be amazed at how much you're able to change your own life because you're being intentional about what you're doing and you're trying to be better. You're trying to improve. That's a positive thing right there. That's really what, it, what it's about, is that we don't, we misidentify these things. We, 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 don't, I, we don't define them properly. We don't define the fact that, we don't define negativity as just being us looking for danger. And we don't define positivity as just trying to problem solve for a good outcome. And that's all it really is. It's all both of those things are. And they're both natural, both natural instincts we have. You just have to not get stuck in the idea that everything's going to go as bad as possible. I think that's actually about all I got. If anybody has questions or wants to add, wants to talk about anything. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. Share it with somebody you think might need to hear that. You can find me all over the place, all over social media. Everything is at Tim Pangburn. Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, at Tim Pangburn. On Facebook, it's Tim Pangburn Art. TimPangburn.com. So share this. Let me know what you think of it. If you think there's anything I can improve on, I always like input. Thank you very much for taking the time.